Hello and welcome once again to our podcast. This is the Patriot Preacher Podcast and I'm Dan Fraley. I'm here at the Tri-City School of Preaching, a recording with members of the faculty and the staff with of the Tri-City School of Preaching. And so far we have uh, dove into several different topics. We've talked about the problem of good and evil and what that has done for us. It is, has branched into uh, the way that people think. We started out with Theism, we've been talking a little bit about theism and deism and naturalism. We've been talking about the problem with good and evil. This all really come about from the discussion we had of general revelation and special revelation. Now we are more into special revelation, and joining us again today is Brother Ethan Tate. Ethan, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Dan, for the invitation to be here. I definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. And so now we're going to be talking, as I said, uh, with our time that we have, we're going to be talking about special revelation. We are right now concerned with theism and why theism has branched off. You know, a lot of people, when we talk about branching off, uh, to most people that means denominate. Why did it denominate? Why has theism denominated, and we're going to look at that right now. Ethan, what do you have for us? Well, okay, so why, why are there so many branches? Well, uh, God gave a standard, and someone decided to make, quote-unquote, photocopies of that standard and try to make their own standard. Well, when you create something different from the original, that's no longer the set standard. That's now a created standard. And what we find in religious uh, division is a way we would say it is a lot of people have a lot of different standards and all of them claim to be right. Now, what's interesting is, is as we talked about for the past couple of episodes is how do we, how do we prove that? How do we verify that? And we had talked about we need to be able to prove all things, First Thessalonians 5, uh, test the spirits or try the spirits, First John 4. Uh, you talked about Jesus in John 17, thy word is or that we may be one, unified, that they may see that I am in you and you in me and we in them. How do we, how do we know those things? And yeah, Second me... John uh, brings out the idea of uh, verses 9 through 10, abiding in the doctrine of Christ. Uh, those who who oppose to sticking to that create something different. Yeah, I was just going to reference real quick, let you continue on here before I do, uh, after I do. But um, I want to read John seventeen and verse eleven. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come uh, to thee, Holy Father. Keep them uh, through thine own name, whom thou hast given me, that they may be one, as we are. And then it goes on to say that the world may believe, and I was, I was looking uh, for that verse that says that the world may believe, uh, but John chapter 17 and verse 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. And if the world believes in that, if, if they believe, one, if they're unified, then they wouldn't have branches in theism. And I'll let you pick up back up there. Absolutely. And and with with that idea, is it possible for someone to believe something wrong and or interpret something wrong or take something wrong from the original copy, which we'll, we'll say the Bible, that is our original in this example. Is it possible for someone to twist, distort, or make something out of the Bible that it's not supposed to be? Absolutely. You look in uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, 
Peter is talking in context. God's going to come back. There are scoffers who say, "Where's the sign of His coming? All things have created, or all things have been the same since the creation of the world." And Peter would, or yeah, Peter would say, "This is not the case." In fact, he would say, verse fourteen, "Regardless of what the scoffers say, you be assured, looking forward to the coming of the Lord, uh, live in a holy manner and in godly conduct." And he would say, "Consider that our brother Paul, verse fifteen." according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking things of these things, in which some are hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. It is possible to say that you believe in God and not believe or practice the right things. This goes against the idea of um, all faiths are equally right in the eyes of God. But if all faiths are equally right, that means that God accepts different doctrines that may not go in agreement with what he has said. And that is most definitely not the case. And because of such, we find these divisions in religion, especially in theism. Yeah, I was going to say, and you can see I'm looking for it right now. Where did Jesus say, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? And so I was looking I was looking for that. And, of course, whenever Jesus talks, he's always talking about the Scripture. The Scripture, when he was, when he was tempted by Satan in the, uh, in the wilderness, he said, thus it is written, again, thus it is written, thus it is written, and so the reason why we rely so much on what is ri- ri- written is so that we can bring people to unity. Absolutely. And and because that's how God wrote the Bible, why do so many people not follow it then? Well, it's it's interesting. We we kind of ended the last episode with this idea of syncretism, uh, where it's not really a worldview of set core beliefs but rather it's a core value of one worldview and then a core value of another worldview and a core value of another worldview all kind of mixed in together. And it's interesting when you look at all the different worldviews, there's this idea called postmodernism, which is basically where we are, where people are blending all these worldviews together and saying that must be right. Well, the problem with that is, is you have to face the consequence of holding multiple worldviews where all of them claim to be right. You now have, you're now going to find some discrepancies and logical fallacies in what you believe. And it's interesting. Made mention of a, a statistic last episode. And in that same research finding, uh, they would say that examples that include the fact that the 38% of the people that have a moderately high uh, moralistic uh, therapeutic deism um, that believe that as long as I'm living right and acting right and just living the way I want to live, that's okay. Uh, Only 1% of that group only adheres to that particular belief and that view. Well, that's interesting because there's people who say they believe in the Bible, yet very few, drastically number uh, uh, less, are going to actually stick to it. I think that gives some validity to what the Lord would say in Matthew seven thirteen and 14, to enter in at the straight gate, because wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, in which many there be which go in thereat. 
But straight is the gate, narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. There are going to be very few individuals, and I would hope you as the listener think, view the Bible this way as well. If you love God, you will keep his commandments, will you not? I mean, that's what Jesus said, John 14, 15. Well, what happens if you don't? Well, the logic reasoning behind that would be then you do not love God. Well, yes, I do. I do love God, but you don't want to keep his commandments. Well, I don't want to have to keep his commandments, but I can still be pleasing to God. No, you can't. That's, that's, that is a logical absurdity. You can't do that. So because of this kind of thinking, it is branched into all kinds of religious division across America. And in fact, um, you would think these numbers would actually be much, much bigger in today's time compared to how they used to be. Well, I'm, I'm not a historian, and I'm not going to say, well, this is the reason why this happened, this is the reason why this happened. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for why things are the way that they are. But, I mean, even in the first century, if people were having problems adhering to the doctrine, and Ephesians 4 would bring out all kinds of ones. There's one faith, there's one spirit, there's one body, there's one hope, there's one Lord, uh, one Father. I know I'm missing one. Um, that's I, I want to read it for you. <laughs> that would be okay. good. Um, but these, all these ones, there's unity involved in Scripture. But why is it so hard for us to believe that? Dan, you have that Scripture? I do. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, i got to read it first uh, because it makes a point about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And then I'll read the ones here in Ephesians 3 through 6 here. But it says here in verse 1, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Impossible to do if you don't know if you don't know what the vocation is and if you don't know uh, what he considers walking worthy. But verse 3 says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the peace of the spirit, uh, ever, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, he says, there is one body and one spirit, even as you're called and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And, and when you think about that, God calls us to be unified, 1 Corinthians 1.10. Speak the same thing, be of the same mind, the same judgment. How do we do that? We uphold the same standard, being God's Word. Now, to the, the question, why is there so much religious division? Why can't we decide as, as a Christian, and if we, we claim we love God and we want to be obedient to God and we are His chosen people, if, if that is the claim that we make, surely people would know that we can validate our claim by living the way that that claim implies we're going to live. Christians, ones like Christ. You look at Romans 8, 29. It says that we are to be conformed to the image of his Son. We have been predestined by we, meaning the position, the vocation, as you said, Dan, of Christian has been modeled to be like the image of Jesus. If we're unwilling to be like Jesus, who followed all of God's commands. If we're unwilling to be like Jesus, then we can't be pleasing to God. Now, it's not saying that we had to perfectly keep the command. We have to faithfully strive to be perfect in the eyes of God, which means we want to be pleasing before him. We want to walk in the light as, as he is in the light, 1 John 1, verse 7. But what that's going to require from us is we have to be serious about keeping the standard. It's interesting 
out of all the worldviews, it, it, would, it would say again in this, this study that very few schools have teaching that actually focuses directly on a person's worldview. And very few adults uh, know what a worldview is, much less what the worldview alternatives are, how they differ, and which one they possess. Now, it's interesting in America, you can go around in December and you'll see freezing plastic babies all over yards. And you'll uh, what I'm making reference to is the manger scene is what I'm making <laughs> reference to, um, and we don't we don't cry child abuse because uh, he's freezing, um, but we look around and we see all these different churches: Baptist, Methodist, Jehovah Witness, Mormon, and someone who claims to love God and they claim to be a Christian and they belong to a denomination. And that that's not the Church of Christ. And we're not talking about what what is what is the church? What's the name? Well, it belongs to Christ. It's Christ's church. That's not our, our discussion. Why is there so much religious division? Friends, it comes down simply to we are not actually going to hold ourselves to a set worldview standard of true biblical Christianity. That's all it comes down to. And if we're unwilling to admit that, Friends, we're trying to deny the fact that we're trying to live any other way. Now, you might be someone who says, I love the Bible, I adhere to its, to its teachings, and I try to strive to faithfully live to it every way. Well, if you are, you should be able to prove that both by, one, the way that you're living, and two, by what the Bible says, and the Bible alone is your set standard. Yeah, I was trying to look up some verses as you were uh, going there. Uh, Luke chapter 6, I believe, is the one I was trying to allude to. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? And to touch on what you were just talking about, we have a choice to make, First, First Corinthians 1 and verse 10, but I'm trying to get to Romans chapter 12. Uh, there's just so many verses that prove exactly what you're saying. <laughs> I'm right there. Huh? Yeah, Romans right chapter 12. There. Yeah, so I'm trying to uh, flip through here. But it says here in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You cannot do that in theism if you're branched out from the original doctrine from which it come from. Absolutely. And when you think about the, the main worldview where the 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 uh, uh, the Secret. cultural norms yes. are going where we just need to be able to accept everyone for who they are and what they believe. Community church. Well, read read yes. that read that next verse, verse two. It said, "And be not conformed what's, to this world." What's that word "conform" mean? Being just like being conned into or being formed into what? Being shaped what, like. Yeah, being shaped like, yeah. into it. It says don't be like that. The world will accept everything. Doesn't mean the world's right. But the world is going to accept anything. And it even says this is the standard you need to follow. Continue reading the verse. It says here, it says, and But be ye transformed with the, by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove, there's that word mm. again, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Now, there's multiple people or a lot of people today who are going to say, we can't say that. Well, God said it, so why can't we say it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's basically going to come back to, it's like, what are, what are your core values? If you claim to be a Christian or if you're trying to seek truth. Now, I know we're going to use a lot of verses to to validate and, and give proof to what we are saying. And that, that is one way that you can use the Bible. And that I mean, if you can't prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Again, 1 Thessalonians 5, 
And we got a problem. Uh, Psalm 119, 160, the sum of thy word is truth, or thy word from the beginning is truth, depending on your translation. And the idea is, is that when we put all the pieces together, then you come to understand that's the picture God intended. Now, the problem with the biblical worldview in the eyes of the rest of the world is that we don't want to do such. In fact, when you come to the idea of how can I know what the biblical worldview is, well, let's think about what is the Bible. We've already talked about that. That is God's revelation to man, special revelation. There were men inspired of God. Uh, if you look at Second Peter chapter 1, 20 and 21, it talks about that holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, in context, it is talking about the Old Testament scriptures. But what about the apostles of the New Testament? Well, you look at Acts chapter 2, it's really easy to see. The Holy Spirit fell upon them, and they began to prophesy, you now have entrance into the New Testament church. Well, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, this inspired message that shows the character of God, surely he's going to show us and teach us his ways, and we will be taught by him the same way Isaiah would prophesy. Yes, exactly. And how does he do that today? Well, you look at Luke 4, and it brings up Jesus in the synagogue, and he reads from the prophet Isaiah that he's going to heal the afflicted, to uh, give sight to the blind, and even give uh, hearing to the deaf. And he sits down after giving the scroll back to the person and says, in this, this day, this reading, or this is fulfilled in your ears. I'm paraphrasing a lot of it. But Jesus is saying, look, this is how God wanted to teach his people, through my words. You look at John 15, my sh- or excuse me, John 10, my sheep hear my voice. That means the commandments of God are important. They are valuable. Um, even in John 10 and John 15, the idea of a door, of a shepherd, all of that revolves around someone who's being led by someone who knows the way. Shepherds give comfort. They give peace. They give a, if you want to use it loosely, a standard for the sheep. And that's exactly what God does. Now, when we're trying to form our Christian worldview, according to the Bible, we have to be critical in one of two ways. One, don't just accept what the Bible says because, well, someone told me to accept it, so I want to accept it. No, 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 no. If you're going to find faith, biblical faith, faith is based on evidence, and there, are, there is a substance in which you can build your faith on. You look at 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10. It talks about this idea that there's no other foundation in the sense of the, the church. There's no other foundation that the church can be built on other than Christ. Well, does that mean the, our building was built upon a dead body? No. His teachings, his principles... His words, that's what we follow after. And, and Hebrews is really underread. Um, and I know I'm given a lot of scriptures, and if you're not familiar with the Bible, I know it's going to be difficult to, to sort through it. But if you're a Christian, you, you know these things. And even if you're not a Christian, you can come to know these things if you go to the book and read it. If you look at Hebrews chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, it talks about this idea that in a testament... There must be the death of a testator. And the idea is is that the words of a covenant or of a promise, which is what we have the Old Testament and the New Testament. The New Testament was bought by Christ. He was the sacrifice uh, for such. 
And because he became the sacrifice, he's the means by which we build our faith off of. Dan, you had that verse? Yeah, uh, what you're referring to is Hebrews chapter 9. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead, otherwise it is of no use at all while the testator liveth. So... These testaments, the New Testament, what, what's that all about? It's about Christ, and uh, there are multiple passages to allude to that. Well, Ethan, what's that had to do with the worldview? Well, the Christian worldview, and, and really think about this. If you claim to be a Christian, but then you say, you know, I don't need to actually study the Bible. I don't need to pray. I don't need to know what the Word says. Listen to this statement uh, by uh, Dr. Uh, Barna, George Barna, who's from Arizona Christian University, and I'm not saying believe, uh, believe in this because they, they have a Ph.D. No, the, it's, it's their life work. This is what they have found after years upon years of study, and I think there, there's some weight to this statement. He would say, knowing a few Bible verses, attending church services, and praying won't get the job done in the sense of establishing a Christian worldview. Attending a Christian school that offers a chapel service and a Bible class won't accomplish the task. Going to church services that feature sermons drawn from biblical content is not sufficient alone, that's my word added, alone, to build a biblical worldview. Parents expecting their children to follow the Ten Commandments is not enough to developing a full-scale biblical worldview. All of those are token efforts that have proven inadequate towards developing an integrated body of beliefs and behaviors that enables someone to think like Jesus so, so they can then live like Jesus. Just because you have these influences of biblical principles does not mean that that is what you will end up being if you don't actually apply them and make them a part of your life. That is the emphasis of Scripture. You look at Psalm 119, and just as a whole, all of those verses draws out this idea of one who longs after God's commandments, longs after his statutes, wants to know more of his ways, more of his word. Why? Well, I believe it's uh, verse 10. Um, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin, sin against, against thee. Yeah. And, and the idea is, is that, well, what is sin? Well, it's transgression against God's word. Well, what have I transgressed? And then that opens up a whole other uh, conversation. But a Christian biblical worldview, if it truly is a finite, in st- or a, 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 a concrete, excuse me, not finite, a concrete faith that is built upon the evidence will be one that takes in God's word, tests it, compares it. And I think even in uh, 1 Corinthians 2, it talks about how can we know the mind of God? Well, God has revealed it. How? Through the word. That's how we know it. Well, if we hold those to our lives, then we can actually say, I truly believe in the scriptures. I believe I'm I'm a Christian because I have followed the prescribed process that scripture has revealed and I continue to live faithfully according to that. That is not an abuse on 2 Peter 3 where he says people who are untaught, unstable. 
the reason they're unstable is because they're focusing on their own desires, their own mind, and regardless of what God has revealed, not to trust in yourself. It's not saying don't use your mind, don't think, and don't use good, sound, logic, reason. You have to use that. But know if you want to know the way into God's home and you want to know God's heart and you want to know what God has said, that is what the Bible is there for. Why we have so much division in theism today is because people simply don't want to look to the book. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. I referenced these verses earlier in other segments, but I want to come back to them because you make so many good points that made me think of this. The word, wherefore, James chapter 1, verse 21, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. With meekness, that's humility. Yes. I must bow myself down to God. I must not twist God's words. Right. I must take the engrafted word, the implanted word, which is able to save our souls, and it does not change. It goes on to say, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You know, I did a segment on uh, one time about the three deceits of the New Testament. And, of course, one of the deceits is Satan deceives you. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 17 uh, tells us to how to be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. And then you have deceit by false teachers. And then you have the worst, you know, that's talked about in 2 Timothy 4 and other places. Most of the New Testament talks about false teachers. And then you have self-deceit. And I think that is the worst one. Because once you deceive yourself, there's really hardly anybody that can, you know, that can compare or try to change your mind once you've self-deceived. And so uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and close this segment. I want to thank everyone once again for downloading this podcast or, or, and listening in. Uh, this is the Patriot Preacher Podcast. I'm Dan Fraley, and I'm here again with Ethan Tate. And so hopefully we will get a few more in. And uh, I want to thank you guys once again for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you're interested in listening. What we have to say, if, or if you think that what we say, what we have to say is a value, please hit the like button and let us know and share it with other people. Thank you guys for tuning in.